Hey everybody, how are you today? We are at June 10th, hump day. So, um, couple things right off the bat. I am fully aware of my technological illiteracy and how much the quality of my voice and the sound of this podcast is just so terrible. And I apologize for that. Just hang in there with me. Spread the word. We'll get up to 20 subscribers. And I'll go buy, like, a microphone and computer and shit. But basically, this is how it goes. So the first few days, I was using just my iPhone... And I just downloaded the Anchor app for my iPad. So this one I'm recording on my iPad. And I'm hoping that it has like more features. Because the iPhone, at least to me, didn't seem like it had any way to like start and stop once you began recording. So it was like any time I needed to stop for like a, a, a drink of water or something because my voice, you know, I had to like, it was like the end of the podcast kind of thing. So bear with me if this sounds like crap, I apologize, but hey, you know, in these tough times, as everyone likes to say, we have to adjust. So that's what I'm doing. But the emails have just been rolling in. Uh, grandpa, Grandpa.Millennial at Yahoo.com So I thank you guys for the emails. Uh, again, you don't have to tell me that the quality sucks. I'm aware of that. Um, unless you feel like giving me pointers. Helpful, helpful pointers. Not like shoving the phone up any orifice I have. That's not helpful. But anyway, another email I've been getting a lot of is, Yes, Nick, it is like you are a genius who can just reach into my brain and pull out thoughts. So, like, how are you doing this? What are your sources? So I, I thought of a couple things that I didn't say last time, and I'll just add to it. Okay, Bill Maher, like I mentioned, him being my favorite. Another reason Bill Maher is my favorite is because each week he'll have like four or five new people on that he'll speak to, like throughout the journalist world and the political world and so like you just get to hear other opinions of those people keeping it real on real time and it's live on HBO so like you're getting people's unwritten answers 
for the most part, you know. And, like, it's HBO, so there's no advertising. So it's like, you know, if Company A poisons a thousand people, and Company A is also a sponsor for Company Media Company X, then Media Company X is afraid to criticize Company A. Well, that shit doesn't happen on Bill Maher. Because he doesn't have advertisers. Just like me. You are always going to get 100% of the the truth. Every time. Whether you like it or not. You are choosing to listen to this podcast. Um, I'm just putting it out there for you. I'm just providing you with the answers. That's all. Other sources of mine. Vice News, also HBO, like, straight up keeping it real, like, these journalists are like the fucking hardcore of the hardcore. And Axios, another one, same thing. Um, NBC, MSNBC, Stephanie Rule, Ali Velshi, tremendous. Stephanie Rule has, like, the most positive attitude and optimistic attitude. Quite frankly, I don't know where she gets it from. Like, it's remarkably endearing. And she knows her economics as good as or as well as anybody else. And her partner, Ali Velshi... You know, what is it, Velshi and Rule is the name of their show on MSNBC. And she also has um, a solo show um, at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on MSNBC as well. After uh, Crazy Joe and Mika. And uh, lastly, I'll just say Chris Hayes. In the MSNBC family. He's before Rachel Maddow. He's awesome too. And uh, The Atlantic is the only um, magazine I subscribe to. Mainly just because I can't afford anything. And their deal is for $59.99 a year, you get their 12 or 10 monthly issues and you also get their online free access to all their online stuff. Well I guess it's not free because it's $59.99 a year but that's a one time fee and you're good for the year. So like that's a Christmas present I give to myself. New York Times, Washington Post. I would read more of you guys, but you limit free articles per month. So, you know, once I max out, like, by the second of the month, I I just gotta stop clicking on you guys. Until I get 
uh, more money and I could subscribe. What else? What do we want to talk to? What do we want to talk about today? Do we want to talk about religion? Or is it way too soon? Let's give it a minute. Save that for later. But one quick fun fact about religion, as far as I'm concerned, is like... One of the exercises that I had to do in college or like the class that I was in had to do was it was like an ungraded test that you would take like, and it was almost like a survey about like, well, how do you feel about this and how do you feel about that and what would you do if this happened and like that kind of stuff. And then, like, it told you at the end, like, it was probably, like, 20, 30 questions. I don't remember, but it wasn't a big deal. And, like, at the end of it, I was... It gave it gives you your results. Like, you're you know, probably 20% of the Jewish faith and, you know, 15% of the Catholic faith and, you know, 25% atheist or whatever. And, like, that's just, like, how it, like, spit back the results. And, like, up until this day the day of this test, I would have told you that I was, like, 100% atheist. And, so, the result came back and I was 100% something. And, uh, I'm not going to tell you what that is right now. I'm going to keep the suspense alive. Let's keep those emails rolling in. Grandpa.millennial at yahoo.com But, yeah, so also I was only... I was the only one in my class that was 100% of anything. Everybody else was, like, broken off in, like, pie pieces of, like, what they were, according to this, like, survey. So anyway, I thought it was interesting. What else do we want to talk about today? Not religion. Let's keep it with politics, because that's what you all signed up for. Alright, we'll, we'll talk more about defunding the police. We'll talk more about, you know, just the whole military-industrial complex and what my man Ike was trying to warn us about. Hopefully you've had a chance to read it for yourself. Um, a couple more ideas I had about that whole situation.
And like the last thing I will say about the Kaepernick thing for now is like, number one, I'm sorry Lynn, who is one of the managers of mine that was in that room. I'm sorry for wasting like, like whatever, like three, four hours of paperwork you had to fill out because of that innocent comment that I had said. So, like, that's what I'm sorry about. I'm still not sorry about what I said. I'm just sorry for, like, having to put you through, like, the aftermath of it. Again, I didn't know. I was very naive to the public backlash to Colin Kaepernick when I made those comments. Um, so, yeah. I was aware of that tsunami of controversy. So sorry to Lynn and uh, Christina and uh, whatever the name is of that HR rep that was also present in that meeting. <laughs> Completely unnecessary, by the way. More on that to go. Alright, so since I'm just recording this on my iPad for the first time, I'm going to stop right here, and I'm going to play around a little bit, and, like, make sure that this is all usable. Or I should say, somewhat usable. <laughs> Again, I, I am 100% proud of and stand by every single word that has been spoken, but I am not proud of the audio quality in which it is, like coming through your speakers. So, sorry about that. I'm working on it. Hey, 20 subscribers is all it'll take. You know, and I don't like to go into credit card debt for anything. But in this case, I'll make an exception. And buy, like, a microphone and a computer and stuff. And, um, Yeah, recently I've went into debt to donate to Black Voters Matter and Charles Booker in Kentucky and Cory Booker in New Jersey and Andrew Yang and wherever Andrew Yang is right now. I know he's from upstate New York, which is also where I'm from. Big ups to Andrew Yang. You will always, you will always be the very first politician that I ever donated money to. And, uh, like, so yeah, like you spoke to me to the point where, and this was probably like October or November last year, when like the debates with 77 Democrats were happening. Like, you were, you were my one. You were my first choice. Like, I love you, man. Math. Make Americans think harder. I'm about it, about it. That's, that's a great message. Um, and then, like, probably a month after I donated to you a couple times, you know, you suspended your campaign, which I, you know, I completely understand. But, like, I, it was time, it was time for me to you know, back another horse, so to speak.
in the race. And, like, I, I mean, like, my first choice would have been at that time, like, if just a hand pick a president, would have been Elizabeth Warren. And, like, my second choice would have been Bernie Sanders. But, like, after I had to back a different horse besides Andrew Yang, I really like a lot about Cory Booker. And I also thought, like, he would have been a better choice. Because I always try to, like, you know, it's like the Democrat in me is like, we gotta, like, secure the middle. We can't be too Democrat. So, like, I don't know, I always thought, like, Cory Booker is pretty, um, pretty moderate compared to myself and more in the middle but he speaks to me um I'll also um real quick you emailers like you kept emailing me about in the last episode or whatever I had said Cory Booker was the only black democrat in the senate which, um, I do in fact know is not true. I know Kamala Harris is another one. She happens to be female. And I absolutely have nothing against female politicians, but the reason that I didn't bring her up in that context, and you probably will email me about this too, is because she was a woman in the context I was saying is like President you could shoot me instead of the protesters so like you know I didn't feel like it was right for me to be like <laughs> you know Cory Booker says you could shoot him but I also nominate Kamala Harris the woman to be shot too like, as I was offering myself up to be the human shield. So I hope y'all can understand that. And I, you know, I'm sorry I wasn't trying to leave you ladies out, believe me. My vision for the future is 100% females in charge of everything. And the, with an emphasis on minority females, because I just think... Like, that'll make the world a better place in general. So, yeah. Feel free to pour in your emails for that. Um, but, uh, I gotta get a drink water and start over, because I'm totally losing my voice here for this intro. Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. And, uh, Grandpa will be right back. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been resting my, my cords, my vocal cords, for the better part of about an hour, because I was just getting water and watching, getting caught up on some news. I just happened to turn on MSNBC, and I caught the tail end of 
one of my heroes, Representative Clyburn. I mean, this guy is just... There, there's no way you can be a better person than this man. Like, he is as good as people get. And I didn't catch the whole interview, but the very last thing I kind of heard was... Basically, the long and short of it was why it's not a good idea to say defund the police. And, um, the last words he said in the interview was defund the police, no. <laughs> so, I have been all about the defund the police part, part of everything with these protests from the get-go. And... I'm not just saying that to sound cool. That I mean, that I felt that way ever since I read the military-industrial complex the first time. Like, I don't believe that there is a need for like the police to be able to go in anywhere as like a SWAT team army. Like, as far as I'm concerned, that could be like a helicopter unit. Like, that, like, medevac stuff, where, like, as needed, they just deploy, like, a Coast Guard helicopter full of SWAT team. Like, there doesn't need to be... Why are we seeing this many police officers? How many people are on the payroll? Like, what are these numbers? I mean, I'm sure they're public information, but what I don't get is... Why doesn't the news, like, just just show us a simple pie chart of, like, just throw it all in one piece of the pie. Like, spending on defending, like, whether it's police or DEA or CIA or Homeland Security or even the military or the energy department that's in charge of the nuclear stockpile. Like, just throw it all in as one piece of the pie and explain it like that to the people. And then do, like, another piece of the pie. Be like, shit, it can even be like, do one as healthcare and one as education. And then you could even separate out, like, caring for veterans, like providing homes and health care for veterans. And I mean, I don't know exactly what these numbers are, and I always exaggerate for emphasis, but like that first piece of the pie I described is going to be at least 75% of that pie. Where like I think anybody that's reasonable would think like 50% would be plenty. And I mean, if not, like why are you... Why are you so paranoid? Like, what are you afraid of? Like, for me, when we were kids growing up, in my household, you know, like, you know, kids are afraid of the dark and shit, and I don't, I don't mean skin, I mean, like, at night, like, to fall asleep, like, it's scary, sometimes. So, like, what our parents would say to us, and, like, what we would tell each other to, like, comfort each other when we were afraid of the dark, was, don't be afraid of the boogeyman. And, like, that's what I was, like, 
raised as a thing. And I think, like, as I grew up, like, I don't really watch scary movies or, like, horror movies cause, just because, like, I kind of subscribe to the Jerry Seinfeld philosophy of, like, I'm already scared enough, like, just in life. Like, I don't need to, like, oh, scared again. Oh, that scared me again. Oh, you know, like, there's no reason for that. Like, I would rather just laugh or, like, relax, you know. Or listen to, like, some banging hip-hop. But, um... Yeah, so, where was I going? Scary movies. Yeah, Afraid of the Boogeyman. Like, maybe it's the Boogeyman. I don't know. Like, however you want to pronounce it. Or whatever you're... Whatever that means to you. It's like being afraid of something that isn't real. Or, like, isn't a top 25 threat you sh- like you face. And so, like, to me, like, that's what I would describe <clears throat> your average Republican voter. It's just, like, afraid of the boogeyman. And the Republican politicians are really, really good at just giving them plenty of boogeymans. Be afraid of dark people. Be afraid of Mexicans coming to take your jobs and immigrants coming to take your jobs. And, like, all this bullshit that's not real. You know, or it's just not a top 25 threat. Like, you know, these these people should be worried about their heart disease. And, like, you know, that, that, that's just, like, number one. I mean, climate change. Like, yeah, you can name... But, like, police violence upon themselves just isn't even on the radar of things that they're actually worried about. And so, like, not to mention, because we have this giant military-industrial complex, half of the people, okay, aside from the military-industrial complex, add to it the prison industrial complex right next to it and just think about how many jobs that provides to correction officers police officers and like all the way up to the top up to and including Donald Trump and like people in the military like how many I mean it's got to be in the billions and billions of dollars every year in salaries that, like, our tax money is going to, like, provide. And I'm not opposed to government jobs. But, like, the whole defund the police thing is, like, why are are homes collapsing and buildings collapsing and potholes everywhere and, like, all this infrastructure collapsing because all we spend our money on is being afraid of the boogeyman and locking up and like babysitting black people and like that's just the truth like it's just not smart to do that like just we should be paying more money out of that giant pie to educate students, um, no matter how rich or poor they are, like with an emphasis on the poor ones, because 
Like, those are the ones that should be given tablets by the state because rich kids already have tablets. Like, and that's just a fact, too. Like, or, like, give everybody a tablet because, you know, fine. Like, give the rich kids tablets, too. So they don't have to use their personal tablets. Fine. Like, if that's your argument. You know, come one, come all. Like, a rising tide lifts all boats. Like, if someone is sick, we should take care of them. If somebody is an asshole and murders somebody, they should sit in a jail cell and, like, we should pay for that jail cell and that, like, corrections officers to take care of them. But So, like, that, like, don't miss the bigger picture of defund the police. That's all I'm saying to white people or black people who are afraid of defund the police. And again, Representative Clyburn and Andrea Mitchell, like, I totally respect you both. And, like, believe me, I'm not really talking to anybody over 30 years old. Like, I'm not... If I am, like, they already agree with me. Or, like, 90% of what I'm saying. And... Or they disagree with 90% of what I'm saying. Who I'm speaking to is, like, the kid that's, like, just graduating and, like, was taught racism and, like, America in a public school growing up the way it was taught to me in the 90s, the late 80s and the 90s. Like, that's who I'm speaking to, like... These problems are not solved and have never been solved. Like, the people that want to pretend that they are probably are a corrections officer or, like, a police officer or, like, in the military or, like, just are just racist and, like, grew, around, grew up around a family of these type of people that, you know, just taught them, like, that this is the way it was. It's like... These are the people that we gotta lock up. Okay, here's another thing. Let's not even talk about music or, like, art. Leave leave that whole culture narrative out of what I'm about to say. And just look at sports. And look at sports from Jackie Robinson to present. And tell me black athletes haven't had more of a struggle than white athletes. And like, it, that instantly tells me you haven't been watching sports at all. Unless like, all you're watching is NASCAR or something. I don't, I don't know what to tell you from there. Like, that's just not true. And so, like, how many of these sports teams since the 70s, how many of the sports team owners became, or franchises, became worth a billion dollars or more? Probably all of them, or close to all of them. And how many of those sports teams were owned by black owners? Probably zero.
I mean, maybe Jay-Z or whatever, then that's, like, you hear about here and there, sure. Like, and that's great. Like, what I'm saying is there should be a lot more black ownership because of just look at the number of black athletes contributing to the overall success of this sport. Now, if your counter-argument to that is Nick, the white guys have been the owners. They take the risks. They're the ones, like, that make it happen. So, like, the black athletes should just be grateful, and they should be thanking the owners. Like, okay, that's your position. Now, let me tell you something. You're probably racist. And, like, I'm not trying to insult you in any way. I'm trying to educate you. Like, and, like, maybe, maybe you guys can just, like, cancel me because that's wrong. But, like, I really think that's just true. And, like, maybe just, and, like, maybe people like Jordan and Tiger and Obama can't say that without, like, the backlash that, like, you guys are outraging about right now and, like, raging against. Like, the listeners who are like, Fuck you, Nick, I'm not racist. I mean, I agree with everything you set up until that point. Like, you you are racist. Like, I'm sorry you don't think you are. Like, step one, acknowledge you're racist. Like, I can guarantee you one thing. You don't have a lot of black friends. Like, and, like, you, you just do that. Like, get yourself some black friends. Like, I promise you, you, if you just walked up to these black people, any group of black people, like six or seven black people, and, like, let's say tailgating at a football game or something. Shout out to Buffalo, New York, tailgaters are the best. But anyway, just walk up to this group of black, black people, whoever makes you feel comfortable, like, so that you don't feel threatened, and just say, look, I'm a white guy, and, like, I don't believe I'm a racist, but, like, people have been telling me I am, and this is what they've been saying about me and why they think I'm racist. And I just want your your honest opinion and like no hard feelings but like just tell me if I'm racist and like hear me out and like number one like I honestly think that the majority of these black guys in this group would like probably respect you for it and like would educate you and like you would just get educated because trust me the black people already know like, they know way more about any one of these topics than I do. The problem is, like, if you're like, you know, Nick, if they did, they would just say that. I would say to you this. They do say that up to and including when they get backlash. Or, like, blackballed from the NFL a la Kaepernick, like, like, that's just the reality of it, and, like, for too long, white people have just been comfortable 
like in any type of like like look when Rodney King was beat up on TV I was like 11 or 12 years old when that video footage came out in the early 90s and like ever since then like it, it, you can't the only argument that white people have had is like, yeah, those those were just a few cops doing that. Like, the majority of cops are good cops. And like, that argument has won the majority of white people. They can just say like, yeah, yeah, that's probably true. And sleep well at night. And then like, after like a week, and or like some other news thing happens, or whatever, hurricane happens, you know, whatever, some, you know, the, 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 I don't know, I always think of like the, the mainstream media, I think of like a kitten that's chasing a laser on a wall, like how they just follow like wherever the laser goes, and like they really... Not all of them, I mean, the good ones are, like, being awarded prizes and shit, like, you, you could find good journalism, but you could also find, like, really pointless clickbait. And, like, <clears throat> so that's a topic for another day, but what I would say to you is white people have just, the majority of white people Let's just say, since 1995, you know, after the L.A. riots cooled down a bit, I, I, at this point we might have even been in the O.J. thing, but like, you know, whatever, that was the, the O.J. thing was the laser, and the media was the kitten, so, you know, black, the Black Lives Matter, you know, it wasn't called that, but like, White people were were allowed to sleep at night, just saying like, "Whoa, whew. it's just a couple bad cops." Like, thank God, I don't exist in a town in America with bad cops like that. And like, you just can't say that anymore because of what we've seen a thousand times in a thousand videos in our faces. Ever since Philando Castillo, like Philando Castillo, me personally, when I saw that video, that was the first time in my life I ever wept for a stranger. Like I cried, and like part of me was also weeping for America because, like, I learned so much. In that, those two minutes of that video, or less, or like, just like, okay, look, that video is horrifying to any human that looks at it, for like, 25 reasons, and like, I, like, it's hard to even put those reasons in any order of importance, but like, let me just tell you a couple of things about that for me personally. <clears throat> Excuse me. Rest in peace, Philando, by the way. Probably 
the three hardest things for me to see about that video, aside from just the obvious fact of, like, the snuff film of a human being being killed, you know, was that his daughter was less than five feet away from him in the back seat. And she was young enough to be sitting in a car seat. And for any American that could sit here and tell me that a law-abiding American gets pulled over in a car with his significant other and his daughter, his child daughter. And then, like, within ten minutes or less, he's killed. By our government, our state government. We, the people, kill him. Like, if that's your brother and your niece, like, you are not okay with that. Even if you are the police officer. And like... <clears throat> God, I have a million things on my head right now. Oh man, I'm like shaking. But... If you are a white person who sort of just ignored that after it happened... And gosh, I think that was like... Probably 2015, 2016... Like, right when, like, that was probably, like, the straw that broke Colin Kaepernick's back and said, I have to do something, I have to protest. I, I mean, I can't say that for sure, I, I don't know, but... What is so scary about that is, like, white people can just go back to sleep at night and just say, like, that's just another bad cop. I'm sure that guy did something wrong before or after that body cam footage. And, like, you know, there, there's no way the cop would, would just do that. Like, I'm not going to believe my lying eyes. Like, But to me, <clears throat> the biggest education I took away from that Besides the fact that, like, police just have such a limited discretion and such an overwhelming fear of black skin. Almost cowardly. Yeah, I said it. Like, tell me I'm wrong. And, like, go fuck yourself while you're at it. Like, that's all I care about. If you're gonna email me about that shit. The biggest education that I took away from that, Grandpa Millennial took away from that at like whenever I was, 34, 35 years old, when I saw that and wept. Was how calmly and forgive me, I don't know your name. Um his significant other like sat there and narrated it filmed it 
as it happened and was not surprised at all. It was almost as if she was like, yep, see, like, I knew it, and this is why I pulled on my camera, and like, well, here we go, like, and like that, if that doesn't educate you as an American, put it this way, because I'm not talking to black people, like, I know, like, that educated you, like, what I'm saying is, like, if that wasn't the straw that broke your back, and, like, you didn't immediately say, like, wow, defund the police, like, that moment, shame on you, like, and, like, that to me is, like, the bridge that, like, you youngsters protesting peacefully that are not a threat to anyone because you're just a human being like me. Law-abiding citizen. Good movie. Good movie, Jamie Foxx. Um, is, uh, like... Look, like... Whether we want to admit it or not, like, any time a police officer kills an innocent person, like, that is us. That is you. That is I. That is we the people. That is state-sanctioned murder unless we prosecute the guilty. Like, I mean, like, sure, you can get into, like, the minutia of the law, but, like, like, just, like, generally speaking, like, how is it not? Like, what I'm trying to say is, like, a cop pulling the trigger is all of us pulling the trigger. Like, and that's, like, what Americans haven't figured out yet. Like, I don't know, it was years ago, but, like, it was just, like, a headline in an article. It was, like, the German police... Like, fired collectively all the German police officers in Germany in one year. Fired like less than a hundred bullets combined. Like, so, like, it was like, you know, each German police department, <laughs> like, might have fired one bullet. And if they did, that was a lot. Like, that was, like, what they spent a week on. Like, getting to the bottom of it. And that's all I'm saying. Like, so it's like Germany defunded their police a long time ago because they're not just shooting guns at people. And, like, guess what? They're also not... They don't have more crime than we have. They're not any less safe of a place, like, than we are, and, like, by the way, we also lock up and imprison more human beings per capita than, like, any country in the history of the world.
Like, if you're proud of that as an American, like, okay, I'll give, I'll let you slide because you're a corrections officer and, like, you won't understand it. What we do, okay, fine, like, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Americans in general. If you're proud to be an American, where at least you know you're free. Like, what is there to be proud of? Of, like, you just live in a place where we just imprison and throw our people, Americans, our fellow Americans, just, like, in a cell. Like, that's inhumane is what I'm saying, to a certain degree. Like, alright, prison reform is in I gotta go. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Grandpa's out. Oh, have a great day.